It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Thanks for making us your first listen. And if you like what we're doing, hit the subscribe button, hit the follow button. We'll be delivered to your eyes and ears first thing when we upload every day. Today, we're joined by Bengals College Scouting Director Mike Potts. We're going to talk with him for two episodes about the Bengals draft. Today, we get into the way the Bengals free agency strategy interchanged and interacted with and either influenced or didn't influence their draft selections. Synergy, baby. NFL draft. We also talk about Dax Hill for the first round pick and the trade-ups. Camp Taylor Britt talked about a lot of great stuff with Mike Potts. Tomorrow we get into the rest of the draft, so make sure you stick around for part two as well. But without further ado, let's dive into part one with Mike Potts. We're now joined by Mike Potts here on Locked On Bengals. And Mike, let's start with kind of the the logic behind the draft, because I think the past three years, the offseasons, you look at it and there's been a clear marriage between the offensive side in the defensive side. Now it flipped this year where you add a bunch of offensive players in free agency and then address defense in the draft. But how did that work, especially this off season? Because heck, I, I know it. You, you guys went from in, in you, not necessarily, but the coaching staff went from the uh, Super Bowl a couple weeks later at the combine learning these players names. And a few weeks later, they have to make these free agent decisions. So how did that work where you address at least the biggest weakness that we thought offensive line and free agency. And then you circle back and address the defense in the draft. Yeah, we definitely had some uh, holes that we wanted to address there in free agency. Um, it, it was, it was pretty crazy with our coaches getting in, in, in the process, you know, a lot later than normal, which obviously is a, a good problem to have, um, you know, and then picking there at 31 in the draft, you, you don't, you know, there's, there's a, a wider array of prospects that you that you have to go through, you know, to narrow it down, especially for those first couple picks. Um, but you know, I, I don't think we went into the draft uh, specifically uh, thinking that we would just address, you know, majority five out of six picks on the defensive side of the ball. I think that's just how the the board really fell to us. 
Um, and I don't really look at it as, you know, at the end of the day, even after the draft as an overall theme, I, I just think of it more individual pick by pick. And those guys were, were the guy that we thought was, you know, when, when you weigh the, you know, the value across the league, what our board said, and then also the, the position prioritization, you know, in terms of, uh, of holes that we wanted to fill and guys that we wanted to target. Uh, that's just the way our board fell. And, um, and, you know, the, those were the, the individual selections we made, um, you know, and then and then we, we traded two of the eight picks that we had going into the draft. So, you know, that's that's two less less chances, you know, maybe to add to the offensive side of the ball. But I think when you put the whole offseason together as a as a complete picture, um, there, there's a pretty nice balance there, more offensive heavy in free agency and then more defensive heavy in the draft. But we're, we're glad with the, the way it, it came out and. Um, we're still looking to, to add talent, you know, all the way up until the season starts. Kind of the opposite, like Jan said, of the last few years. And watching the the phone call going into the first round of the draft, watching the phone call after Zach Taylor hangs up, talking to Dax Hill, telling him they've they've picked him. Andrew Johnson comes out of nowhere and gives the loudest, biggest handshake I think I've seen in my life, celebrating the selection of Dax Hill. He said Dax was his favorite player in the draft. So a couple of questions just about the first round. What what was it about Hill that Andrew Johnson loved so much and made him so excited for that pick? And did did the first round go the way you anticipated it? What or was it a little bit less predictable than normal? Because to me, as an external observer, I felt like I had less of an idea of what was going to happen at the back of the first round than normal. Yeah, I mean, f- first of all, the first part of your question talking about our scouts, I mean, we we give our scouts strong voices in the draft room and, and we meet uh, we meet in December, we meet in February, and then we meet pretty much the whole month of April leading up to the draft. So we want scouts that have conviction. We want scouts that have passion for, for specific players that, that uh, they would like us to target in the draft. Um, and, and when, when a guy's put in the work on, on a player, you know, evaluating him both as a player on tape um, and then also talking to the sources at the school, uh, in terms of figuring out who he is as a person, his character, how he's going to fit in on our locker room, um, in our locker room, you know, both from a, from a personal character and a football character uh, standpoint. And then you've got to evaluate the, the medical piece of it as well. So um, we, you know, we everybody knows we have a, a smaller scouting staff and, you know, our, our scouts are, are a bigger piece of the puzzle than, than they are maybe um, at some other places. So that's what you want. Um, and, and then, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's not any one guy's selection. Um, you like the, the primary or the area scout to have that type of conviction on a player. Um, but what happens when, when we end up selecting a player on draft day, it's the result of a lot of different people touching that player from, from other scouts that cross-check the guy and then the, the coaches as well in terms of, um, of, you know, just, just developing that, that consensus on a player. If we had you know, really high grades from the area scout and really low grades from others, and it was scattered all over the map, then, you know, it's probably not a guy that, that we would have as much conviction on or consensus, obviously, on to uh, feel confident in pulling pulling uh, that guy off the board there in the first round, especially. Um, and then then the other part of your question, it's, it's funny, we, we, uh, we went into this draft thinking it was really unpredictable. Um, I think a lot of that stemmed from the, the lack of high-end quarterback talent, you know, compared at least to, to some years. Um, that's at least the way it was perceived, um, you know, across the league and, you know, maybe publicly as well. Now, who knows? Some of these guys may may greatly outplay their, their draft stock at that quarterback position. Um, but we, we thought it was unpredictable going in 
But then as the specifically the first, second and third rounds, our board uh, was really just just getting crushed in terms of guys flying off the board uh, that we had, you know, up in that first, second, third round that we consider uh, starter level grades from a from a personnel scouting standpoint. So it was funny. It actually turned out to be a little bit more predictable than we maybe um, thought it was going to be. But the first round was was not necessarily as much as as maybe the, the subsequent rounds after that. There was actually a number of guys that that we felt comfortable with there at that pick at 31. And Dax was was the guy that stood out, um, you know, at the, at the top of the list as obviously he was our our highest graded guy at that point. And we were we were thrilled that he was available. Um, and, you know, that we, we go through a lot of different scenarios. And and um, I think we thought it was somewhat doubtful that he would be there. So we were uh, we were pretty happy to uh, to turn that name in and uh, and make him a Bengal. We'll get back to our interview with Bengals Director of College Scouting, Mike Potts, here on Locked on Bengals. But I got to tell you about BlueNile.com because Mother's Day is almost here. And that means, well, you got to get to BlueNile.com and take advantage of the offer you're going to hear only here on Locked on Bengals. You're going to get 50 bucks off your order of $500 or more with promo code Locked on. So don't delay. Don't hesitate. Don't do anything like that. BlueNile.com has jewelry for special moments. And yeah, maybe you're looking for jewelry for mom, or maybe you're trying to get something for your wife because the anniversary is coming up. It doesn't matter. Locked on. You use that promo code at BlueNile.com. It's going to save you that money, $50 off $500 or more. So make sure you check them out right now. BlueNile.com. Don't hesitate. You're talking about awesome jewelry that's going to fit anyone you're looking for bluenile.com promo code locked on if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast join the draft dudes kyle krabs and joe marino as they go position by position through the nfl free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 nfl draft If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's the feeling like leading up to that pick? Because drafting 31st overall, it's the latest in franchise history in, in the first round. And it's like, oh, Karloff, this is there, and Wyatt's there, and all of us are speculating, and it's like, now he's gone, now he's gone. Well, Dax Hill's still there, and, and when he finally makes it to you, it, it was it just like, it, it, much like Johnson, where he's he's handshaking and everything, it was just like, ah, all right, we got him. Was it was it as simple as that? Were you doing the math in your head when there are four guys left, but only three picks, so, you know, four guys in this tier, and I'm speculating, I don't know your tiers or anything, but... What is that process like? Because it's got to be pretty nerve-wracking. I know it would be nerve-wracking on my end. Yeah, I'll tell you how how we do it. Um, you know, it's it's probably maybe not as nerve-wracking as it as it may sound, uh, because we we really just just let the board speak to us. So what we do going into each day of the draft is, in this case, we stack the board one to thirty-one, regardless of position, and that's you know that's positions in need are incorporated into those decisions. The the guy's uh, character the medical, uh, the scheme fit, you know, there's a lot of different factors other than just purely what the guy's grade is um, and how the scouts and coaches evaluated him on tape. So we, we stack those guys and rank them one through 31. We even went all the way up to, uh, to 63 with our second round pick. And then 
we have kind of like third, fourth round and, and so on groupings by position. You know, it's clusters of players that that, you know, we would we would feel feel good about um, in those later rounds. So really, you know, you know, once we once we get are going down and, you know, OK, your first player off the board goes, your second player goes, your fifth player goes, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, it's just, you know, the, the highest ranked player. And then you get into to scenarios where, hey, maybe if, if you're, you know, there, you see a fall off here at whatever it is, 15, 16 on that top 31. Maybe that's where you would consider a potential trade up or, you know, maybe if really everybody in order is pretty much getting taken off the board, then, you know, and then there's one guy up there that's ranked ranked higher than that's where you would consider that. Um, we we liked we liked Dax, and like I said, Dax being number one out of the group. But there was a couple other players as well that we, we would have felt good about there. And then uh, and you know just the way it was falling, we we didn't feel the need to to trade up. So like I said, it was probably a little bit less stressful in that first round than it was uh, maybe in some of the later ones. But it always you know there's always a little bit of stress and you know anxiety because it's a, it's out of your control to a certain extent unless you give up picks which we obviously ideally don't want to do and and move up and and uh and you know trade up a few selections or or 10 plus selections whatever the case may be to to get a guy so that's kind of how we do it and uh we just let the board board kind of speak to us and you surprised us with two trade-ups in the 2022 draft before we talk about those one last question on dax hill because uh, Bengals Twitter, I got to tell you that the film grinders are telling me over and over, Dax Hill is not going to play outside corner. The The versatility argument and the versatility strength is something we heard a lot about. Dax Hill lined up all over the place from Michigan. From a scouting perspective, you guys are projecting things a little bit differently than thinking of, than a coach might think about a player's fit. When you're looking at Daxton Hill from a, from a scouting perspective, from a projection perspective, do you think he can play anywhere in the secondary? I do. I do think he can from a projection standpoint. I, th I think there's there's two elements of the uh, the evaluation uh, purely on tape. It's what you're actually seeing the guy do and evaluating him in that role, and then also projecting just his overall skill set to maybe maybe do something that's that's outside of what he's asked to do in his college scheme. And some of that is talking to his coaches and just getting a feel for his overall football intelligence. Um, you know, the the versatility that they think they could have put on his plate, but you know maybe he's for whatever the, the reasons may be, he's more valuable um, in this spot. And yeah, he, he definitely played mostly that, you know, that star nickel position uh, in Michigan's defense and then played some safety as well. You know, not, not a ton of snaps at, at outside corner, but, you know, if, if you are projecting him, um, you know, with, with his length, his speed, his fluidity, um, he's got the physicality, he's got the ball skills. So th there's not a whole lot um, in his physical skill set that would suggest that he can't make that transition. It's just a matter of, of our coaches getting their hands on him and um, getting him, him in here in our uniform and, and in our practices at OTAs and, and as well in training camp going forward into the season. Um, and then, you know, just seeing how, how, how rapidly that, that process and that transition could potentially accelerate. Um, but he's a, he's a guy that we're going we're gonna, to, you know, potentially – asked to, to do multiple things and play multiple roles. Um, but, you know, when, when you're projecting him, I think, I think physically um, and mentally as well, you know, from our evaluations, there, there's nothing that, that would say that he can't do that. It's just a matter of, of seeing him go out there and do it. Um, and then, and, you know, like I said, that'll be up to our coaches um, as far as how fast that process goes. 
You'll hear more from Mike Potts in just a second, but first, a word from Bet Online, your one-stop shop for all things sports, wagering sports, betting. Let's be honest here, the NBA playoffs, they're in full swing. My guy Steph Curry, well, he got John Moranted on Tuesday night. Can he get back in gear? Can the Warriors get back in gear, or will the Grizzlies shock the world and make the Western Conference Finals. You can wager on that. You can wager on the Suns in their quest for an NBA title. Are the Milwaukee Bucks just going to roll things with Giannis and company? You can wager on that and so much more. Maybe how many games the Reds are going to lose. Where are you going to go? So do all that. Where are you going to go? You're going to go to Bet Online right now. Don't delay. It is free to sign up. I've used them. You should too. Bet Online, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Mike, you mentioned the the trade-ups, or, or potentially trading, and you traded up twice, which, yeah, we were not projecting. I don't think in any mock, any discussion, you know, people ask about, you know, potentially trading up in round one. We certainly didn't predict two trade-ups in the draft. And you traded up for Cam Taylor-Britt from 63 to, to 60, and then also in round five for Tyson Anderson. Y- you mentioned also the the stressful moments. Were those moments stressful given that those guys you, you deemed uh, were trading up for? And why was it so enticing to, to give up, you know, picks to, to move up to get those two? Yeah, in the second round, you know, not only was corner a position that we certainly wanted to address – um, we thought Cam Taylor Britt, you know, was one of the last guys that we we felt great about. Um, you know, there's there's grades all over the board from different guys that that evaluate, but in terms of the way he he fit with us, you know, scheme wise, as a player, his overall skill set, and then you know just bringing him in on a visit and interviewing him at the Senior Bowl, and you know, obviously talking to his coaches at, at Nebraska and other staff members as well. Just the the way he fit in personality wise. Uh, his toughness is something that really, I mean, you can see that the physicality he plays with on tape. Um, you know, you, you don't necessarily have to talk to his coaches or, or talk to him to, to kind of figure out, you know, what type of competitor and, and the edge that he has, um, you know, that's, that's pretty evident. So, uh, you know, combined with the position that we wanted to prioritize, um, you know, the way we felt about the person and the player, um, he, j- he just came out to be the guy that we really wanted to target. So to answer your question about the, the trade-ups, he, you know, it, the, the, there was a couple guys, again, obviously Dax was, was, our, was our top guy on the board there in the first round, but we really got picked over. And I'd have to look back at what the exact numbers were, but we were something like eight or nine, um, eight or nine picks to go before our pick there that was supposed to be at 63. Um, and we felt good, you know, we, we maybe had a number of players, again, I don't remember the exact number. It was maybe four five, six players that we felt really good about at that point. And then guys just started flying off the board. Um, and you know, Cam Taylor Britt was, was at towards the top of that list. Um, and he, he was just that one guy that was, that was, that was left there. There was a couple teams in front of us that, you know, we, we thought could address the defensive back, uh, you know, corner or safety position. Um, and then there's, you know, obviously there was a ton of trades, 
in this draft. So a team could trade up at, at any moment. So it just came down to we felt like the the it wasn't worth the risk to uh, let the other teams in front of us make the decision for us. And he's a guy that we targeted. We felt great about. We wanted to go up and get him. Um, and, and that's what we did. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm glad with the, with the way it worked out. You can always look back and, and second guess it. But at the end of the day, we, we just thought the, the risk wasn't worth it because we could potentially be going down to a lower level of player um, and, and potentially not, not address that, that position as well as we want to, um, you know, in, in the defensive backfield that we were lucky to, to come away with, with three guys, um, three DBs, you know, out of, out of our six picks. So, um, you know, we're happy with the way it turned out. And then, you know, it's a similar scenario with Tyson Anderson in the fifth round. He's, he's a guy that, you know, at least was in discussions for us in earlier rounds. And again, the board starts to get picked over. And he was just a guy that stood out on our board as as being far and away our, our highest graded guy at that point. So, you know, we, we found a trade partner with Chicago and gave up a seventh round pick and uh, and, you know, went up and got the guy that we think, you know, has a lot of talent and, and potentially could be a starter uh, in the future in this league. You know, it's just again, it's a matter of, of how quickly that that comes to fruition. Um, but but we like him a lot. We like the the character um, and the player with uh, with Tyson Anderson. So I'm glad we, we ended up getting both of those guys. And then obviously you don't like to give up those later round picks, but we are we are happy with uh, a lot of the college free agents that we have agreed to terms with. Uh, we did have, you know, later round draftable grades on. So some of those guy, guys being guys that we would have considered and been in the discussion for some of those later picks that we uh, that we used in the trade-ups. Talk about Cam Taylor-Britt a little bit. I watched a few of his games. I am an amateur scout and by no means claim to be uh, an expert on scouting cornerbacks, but it looked like he really thrived with his eyes on the quarterback. At Nebraska played a lot of half turn from what I saw. It didn't look like he played a ton of man, but certainly played some tested like an explosive athlete tested. Like he, he was a relatively smooth mover. When you look at his traits and you look at the, t- the techniques he played at the Nebraska in the scheme fit, what stood out to you as maybe making him look like he would be a good transition to what Lou Anarumo would like to do with him in the NFL? Yeah, we, we wanted to add speed and length to our secondary, and he's not the tallest guy in the world. I believe he's 5'10 and 5'8, uh, but he's got really long arms for, for his height. He's got 31 and a half inch arms. So we wanted to add speed and length, and I already touched on you know the competitiveness and physicality, right. just that edge that he plays with. Um, there's some plays that stand out to me on tape just where um, a guy that wasn't as as competitive and didn't play with the level of urgency that he does, you know, maybe late, late in the in the plays, raking the ball out. You know, just just because he's uh, he's straining, we, we like to call it in scouting, he's straining through the whistle and giving max effort. Um, and, you know, the, the physicality he's going to bring in the run game and destructing blocks out there on the perimeter, defending the screen game uh, as well. I just I think he's going to be a great scheme fit, fit for us. Uh, like you said, he's really explosive. He can run. Um, he's got solid ball skills. So, you know, there, there's not a whole lot, you know, just in his skill set to knock him on. And then, you know, a, a lot has been mentioned about the versatility of this class as well. He's a guy that played safety um, early in his career. So he brings that to the table um, also. But, you know, I think he's a guy that will start start at outside corner for us. Um, and then we'll, we'll see how much more we can put on his plate as we go. But, um, you know, he, he's a guy that's that's really talented. And, and we're really glad that, that we came away with him, again, being a guy that, that we targeted going into it. 
We'll continue part two with Mike Potts. We're going to get into the third round and day three of the NFL draft. We're going to talk about the Bengals wide receiver situation and so much more. Mike was great with his time and gave us a lot of fantastic insights. Really appreciated that just like last year. And some of these recurring features are some of my favorite things to do here on the Lockdown Bengals podcast. So make sure you tune back in tomorrow for part two with Mike Potts. Until then, Bengals fans, today and have a good one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.